Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Okay, Jim Gerhardt, Bob Williams, and again, we'll try to see, can we get this big thing off the ground this morning? As we do every week here on As the podcast. As we do every week. Uh, I've I, I made a resolution. I'm not going to do profound today. No? I have this bad habit. Of trying to, you know, come in and I sit down and we figure we're going to talk about things in New Jersey and life. And all of a sudden, stuff I've been sitting there stewing about at home all week, sitting on the veranda of stately Gerhard Manor, sipping a wee julep, you know, and occasionally toss a silver dollar at the Mockingbirds and, and thinking great profound thoughts. And then I come up here and kind of regurgitate them. I love the one last week. I was trying to sum up. What in my mind was 300,000 years of human history to prove why we are incapable of carrying out the progressive political agenda. And may I say you did a very good job in that two-minute segment that you did. You put 3,000 years yeah, together. Yeah, it. But, but it did. When I watched it back, I, I, my first notion was, what the hell is he talking about? But I, I love the cut of you looking at me like you were saying, what the hell is he talking about? It's sort of punctuated. So we're not going to do profound today. I thought we'd start. This somehow became a Christmas tradition when we were doing the morning show. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. It had nothing to do with Christmas. But every time we get into this season, people would say, hey, play mouse balls. When are you going to play mouse balls? Oh, yeah, mouse balls. I love mouse balls. To set this up, you have to understand this was done probably in the early 90s. And the same cast of characters as, as we have still around here at this station, which has been extremely stable, but the everybody didn't have a computer. Few people had even laptops or, or desktops. Or, I, thought, I think nobody had a laptop by mm-hmm. that time or, or the uh, Android-type things. And so uh, our telephone at the radio station was one of the early remote phones. Mm-hmm. And I remember our news director, Eric Scott, used to go out on remotes with our remote telephone to call in stories. Right, a big it old, was big in a big thing. gym yeah. bag. Mm-hmm. It was huge. Yeah. <laughs> and now you put them in your watch pocket. Yeah. But uh, this was in a day, and we were not very computer savvy. I don't think this. I don't think we had computers at the radio station. Maybe in the process of putting them in. Probably just putting them in. Yeah, back yeah. in the early nineties. Because yeah. now, if you want to scan the news, uh, the the political horizon, climb the rigging, you go online. At that time, we just had truckloads of newspapers coming in every morning, and we'd sit and cut stories out of newspapers. But anyway, it was at that transition period. And we knew about computers. We knew terms. We knew that you had the mouse, you know, that you could click and all. I don't think we owned one. But uh, this came in on the wire. And one of the news people brought it in, said, maybe you'd be interested in this. It's an interesting story. So I get it without reading it over and say, okay, I'm going to read this. This was a directive from a major computer manufacturer Uh to field representatives I think it'll be explained in the bit. On how to repair. On yeah. how to repair the computers and the, this mouse-type operation. Yes. Now, uh, Mike Lavelle, who was my partner, I, professional partner, yes. you have to be careful nowadays, mm-hmm. for many years, uh, was sitting there, and he just happened to have a handful of sound effects on the old tape 
cassettes. <laughs> Mike, Mike uh, gets a little bit naughty every now and yeah. then. Yeah, and and, and then uh, Kim Thomasone, this wonderful yep. person who Kim, she's our who, producer, who uh, yep. was our producer for a long, long period of time. Bob was here, but here was the bunch, and they were listening to me talk, uh, reading this mm-hmm. memo. Yeah. And uh, well, here is the story going way back. Another okay. trip down New Jersey one hundred one point five memory lane. And this came in. Uh, Kim got this off the fax machine. And this, according to this, uh, the person that said it in said, I thought this was pretty funny. This is a true, and I'm not going to give the name, it is a, a, a giant major computer manufacturer ordering information, quote, from one of their catalogs. This is an actual alert to the company Field Engineers that went out to all branch offices. The person who wrote it was serious. All right, here's how it goes. And it, the, the subject is mouse balls now available as field replacement units. <laughs> Yeah. The recent shortage of replacement mouse balls is now over. Mouse balls are now in stock and available as FRUs, field replacement units. Therefore, if a mouse fails to operate or should perform erratically, the necessary ball replacement may now be accomplished in the field. Because of the the delicate nature of this procedure, replacement of mouse balls should only be attempted by a properly trained person. Okay. Before proceeding, now here we get down to this. Before proceeding... Determine mouse ball type by examining the underside of the mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Domestic balls will be larger and harder than foreign balls. Ball removal procedures differ depending on the manufacturer of the mouse. Foreign balls can be replaced by using the pop-off method. Domestic balls are replaced by using the twist-off method. (laughs) Mouse balls are not usually sensitive to static electricity. However, excessive handling can result in sudden discharge. (laughs) Upon completion of ball replacement, the mouse may be used immediately. All right, nine forty-four. Okay, okay, that that you get you get the gist. It still I, is funny. It still today. is for some reason. <laughs> you know, some things just clicked, and and that one oh, seemed to. So there it is. What people ask for? Hey, play mouse balls. <laughs> uh, hey, you know, uh, I was speaking speaking of Christmas, which that wasn't about. But as I said, it it seems to be something that popped up every holiday. I, it, it would appear Christmas is making a comeback. I I would I would agree with that to a certain extent. People are not fearful of saying Merry Christmas. And even uh, even, in, even in commercials and uh, on media and right. publicly. I uh, think that there had to be some sort of study where it said if uh, you're not saying Merry Christmas, we're not buying your products. This is, I like think, that. what happened because yeah. you go back a few years, and I think everybody will remember this, you couldn't do that. You'd walk into a store. They would not say Christmas trees, even the big box stores. I remember a Lowe's, for example. Uh, it had uh, holiday trees. It, 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 yeah, it started getting uh, really uh, that, that that extreme. Yeah, and, and it would not be used because people who were in the business just did not want to put up with the sore heads and the and the right. you know people out there picketing and yelling and jumping up and down. Or one person, right? Which for usually, one person, but, for one person. But this is what they did. They were terrified. Yeah, it was like the public Christmas displays. Mm-hmm. Many towns banned them that they'd had for years because one person right. said, "Yeah, that makes me unhappy. I don't want that. That's oppressing me." 
because uh, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a Christian or you know they want to take down the menorah because I'm not Jew. I don't want to say I'm not. Well, that, that's your problem. Yeah. Right? Well, this logically is true, but that's not the way this was taken. Everybody would back down for fear of lawsuits. Right. Nobody wanted the ACLU and these other organizations tying up their time and their resources, and it could be expensive for a town. If you didn't take Santa Claus down off the courthouse lawn, the fear was it would be a big lawsuit by some very wealthy national uh, far-left organization, and that would bankrupt the town paying the legal fees to defend themselves against it. Sad but true. It's sad but true. But I do notice that uh, you do see now, actually on television, Christmas Mm-hmm. gift christmas this you know christmas greetings merry christmas it's it's, it's coming back i so mean I there's still a fair amount of holiday mentions out there well that always was right uh, you know, really speaking of holiday here, now here's a here's a catch-22 bob you made along with your sons i think at the time wonderful piece called holiday man it was based on the very fact <laughs> that at that time this doesn't go back that far but the time we're talking about when Christmas was in uh, was declassé, I guess. Yeah, it was, uh, goes back. I think about ten years we did it. And now, actually, there was a reference to changing the name to uh, of, of Santa Claus to Holiday Man, holiday. so that you <laughs> yes, could have a, some kind man, of a yeah. holiday observance in schools. I think right. Yeah. And so you made this this satiric thing uh, called Holiday Man. And it was a parody. The music he used behind it was the old Alvin and the Chipmunks. Uh, right. And so I wanted to play it. We played it on the radio every year. It's a big feature here at the radio station. Extremely well done. A satire on the political correct <laughs> asininity that right. Christmas had sunk to at the time. Uh, then I wanted to play it when we started doing podcasts, which is purely on the Internet. Then I'm told, no, you can't play it on the Internet. Well, what? You can't play it on the Internet. Well, I just heard it on the radio. You can play it on the radio, but you can't play it on the Internet. Now, here's here's the, the catch-22 here. The Internet is supposed to be totally free. Right. Look at the obscenity, the, the stuff that goes on, oh, yeah. the political chicanery and skullduggery that's going on. Now, right now, it's the Russians and Chinese trying to use the the internet you know to to discredit uh the country the whole thing and so there's always a big fight going on about whether the internet should be censored or brought under control or totally free yeah so why isn't this totally free it's one of the few things that are restricted why money of course it's always money now the station is licensed to carry practically anything, ASCAP, VMI, music. Mm-hmm. The Internet, the uh, the company, what uh, what would you call it? The, the company, well, uh, Internet. Uh, mm-hmm. There's got to be a name somehow right. for the company's use of it. That is not licensed to play music. No. And there's no point, and I can understand, you want to spend a fortune, which the license to play on radio is. Streaming fees, I guess. The streaming fees. You, do, you don't want to have to pay that. That's fine. Uh, and so you cannot play that uh, holiday man on the Internet because we are not licensed to play it. And if you play it and somebody hears it and rats you out to. Right. Some, I'm, I'm sure they monitor. Some anyway, troll out there. Yeah. yeah and, and they rat you out to the uh, 
Right, uh, to the authorities, right? Well, no, no, no. The, the thing is that you use the chipmunks, Alvin and the chipmunks, as the music, or the music from Alvin and the chipmunks. That is licensed to BMI. Now, if you played that, <laughs> it was you doing it. That was just background music. Right. But if you'd play that, and it was a parody on them, your sons were doing like the sped-up voices. But if you did that on the Internet, then the license, whoever holds the license, the copyright for that music, can sue the hell out of this radio station and the whole chain of radio stations. Hmm. Now that, that was long-winded, but I, yeah, I was trying to explain that to you because you 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 were aware certainly of that. not worth. You're wondering why we weren't playing it. But uh, I'll I'll tell you that was my that was my attack against uh, political correctness at Christmas. And it's, it's such a shame, just a shame. You know, I want to talk a little bit about political correctness. You know, political correctness. I was I was sort of pondering this between sips of the julep. You know, on the veranda, <laughs> uh, political correctness started a good number of years ago. Here's the irony. It started off as a very compassionate uh, matter, which turned into a horrible, actually country-killing tyranny because of the abuse of it. When the first thrust of political correctness came out, and one of the centers was Smith College in Massachusetts in their handbook, it laid this down. The groundwork for political correctness came in the Smith College handbook back in probably the 60s or the 70s, maybe, uh, telling new incoming students, uh, giving suggestions for certain behaviors. And I'll get into that in a Mm. moment. We're going to have a word first. Interesting. Uh, And it it was good. It was really nice. But then, (laughs) in this, we got to the point that many people feel that their lives are not validated unless they're victims. The golden age of victimology. But what happened here, the people who were looking for to exploit their victimization suddenly could become victims mm. if you stretch this far enough. And so they smelt blood in the water. <laughs> and here we are with this tyranny. I'll get to that later because I think it's a fascinating yeah. kind of a story. I'll tell you how it started. Okay. First of all, we're going to tell you about a, a great organization that we're very proud to be associated with. Hi, I'm Jim Gerhardt. Again, I'd like to tell you something about Robert Dukansky of REMAX First Advantage. Now, Rob guarantees to sell your home at a price and a deadline that you agree to or he will buy it. And there's no risk to you because he'll let you out of that contract anytime. Now, just imagine this. The stress of going through a wedding, moving to a new house, having a whole change of life, still not being able to sell the house, then deal with two mortgages at the same time. That's what a lady named Marina of North Plainfield was going through. Just married, just moved. Her old house was on the market six months with another agent. No activity. So, what do you do? Well, you talk to Rob Dukansky. Rob sat down with Marina, came up with a marketing plan, matched the home with his database of buyers, and bam, over 100 showings. So call the official real estate agent of 101.5, and the only agent I would think of calling if I needed to sell my home, Rob Dukansky, 855-350-1015, 855-350-1015, or online at robsellsnj.com. Talk to Rob and start packing. I don't know if you uh, followed the story out in uh, Nebraska, speaking of political correctness at Christmas, but uh, apparently some school in Nebraska, the principal has banned the use of candy canes uh, for decorating classrooms in this elementary school because of the letter J 
because of representing Jesus. Oh, come. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that the, crazy? The, I mean, well, okay, the principles, it, it, it's just not creative there. Call it, you say it was Jehoshaphat. Wasn't that the <laughs> devil or a name for the devil or something? <laughs> right. But it's, and it's, and it's, then they, they'd all be very happy. But, uh, you know, like you were saying before, I mean, Christmas is making a comeback, but it's still got still got quite a fight ahead of itself. So the band Candy Canes. Yeah, from... Because uh, it is... Jeez, God. <laughs> Nuts, huh? Yeah. Oh, also the banning on the radio of the old standard song, uh, Baby, It's Cold Outside. How, how crazy is that? Because of the Me Too movement. Uh, they think it's a like a date rape song or something like that. Like the guy in the song is trying you see, to... Uh, you see, what, what, what they miss, and of course I didn't miss it because I was here then. Mm. There, was a, there was a great innocence at that time. People didn't meet and say, hey, this is Jane, this is Joe, how do you do, and jump in bed as is currently now, the hooking up kind of a thing. So people think in those terms. At that time, a kiss Mm. (laughs) was considered the consummation of the the relationship. Then you you make plans for the wedding, right? Prior to to, to wedlock. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah, school over in Brooklyn, uh, principal uh, wanted to ban the scenes from Sound of Music involving the swastika and the Nazis because they thought it was glorifying hate. But there weren't many scenes in there. It was no. Almost not, and it was negative, too. It was and, the family escaping And that. the people that are arguing that, like, what are you doing? I mean, it's basically, to, you know, just negating the entire message in the, in, in the show. You're trying to revise history. That's why they were fleeing the, the Germans. The, the, the political correctness is probably one of the first really just nothing more than a fad that is became backed up by intimidation. Hmm. You go along with the gag or we will intimidate you. Right. And we will harass you unmercifully mm-hmm. uh, and even go beat you up. You know, now you get into this fascist organization that's calling itself the anti-fascist <laughs> organization. I saw, uh, just, just digress for a moment, I saw a picture of, there was supposed to be three of the Ant, what do you call it? The antif- antifits or you know whatever they are. You know what they are. They go out and beat up wear hoods because uh, they're too cowardly to show themselves. But they go out and want to beat up people who are trying to exercise free speech. Right. So and uh, because in their view it's fascism to speak freely, <laughs> even though it's guaranteed by the Constitution. But they had a, a picture of some kind of a Malay in the streets in Philadelphia. It wasn't a really big one. Uh, but they were there. They were protesting some uh, generally innocuous uh, group who was trying to speak about something in that was somehow opposed to their whatever their ideology is. Uh, but they had three of them standing there without their hoods on. Hmm. Now, if I just saw those three, you would not associate it with that. It's not what you think. Like These could be the skinheads. These could be the most rabidly, what is it, white supremacist uh, redneck <laughs> hoods. Yeah. Just thugs. Uh, and so I wondered, these people out beating up the free speech people, are they really into that? Or is this just thugs finding this? I can get away with it now. <laughs> yeah. If I go out and just start beating the hell out of everybody as myself, then I could get in trouble. But if I join this group <laughs> and put a hood on 
and say that I'm simply defending democracy from fascism, I go out and beat the bejesus out of anybody I please and get away with it. You can hide behind the mob mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, back to the political correctness just just quickly. I hope it's quickly, more quickly than the last part. Uh, It started, and what this was was a movement that started on college campuses, and this was to try to remove demeaning terms and attitudes toward people uh, first of all, uh, the word uh, they tried to, I'm trying, uh, one from the Smith Handbook that was kind of funny, but you understand it. It was saying uh, they had isms. This is where the isms came from. One of the ism, uh, is, <laughs> it, isms was lookism. Look-ism. What a stupid term. But they were saying, look, don't uh, judge people by their looks. Uh, because somebody looks this way or they're different, don't this, we we at we at Smith College do not judge them like that. Lookism, lookism. Mm-hmm. But it also went on that you abandon uh, words like uh, that would be demeaning to disabled people. Ah, look at old Crip, the cripple over here. Yeah. Uh, hmm. But it was trying to ban these words. They also got into some that uh, actually stuck. You don't say old geezer anymore, or old futz. It's now senior citizen. Hmm. And so this is where some of those expressions came from. Now, it was, it was a good movement. We're very well-intentioned. And why should you have demeaning language? Now, out of that kind of feeling comes positive things, like the Americans with Disabilities Act and the like. We're sailing along nicely. All of a sudden, people found out, hey, if you're a member of, if you make yourself a victim or make your group a victim group, you get special privileges. Mm-hmm. You get legislation. And, 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 and you, get, you get special treatment, and you get laws in your favor. And has, sometimes you even get paid off. You get something free. <laughs> and so it grew and grew, and, of course, now you know where it is. It's a total tyranny. And we don't know now. See, here's an interesting thing. It's coming to the end of the year, and uh, people are looking for what was uh, the big story, what was the best this and the best that, what was the— Song of the year, what was the game of the year, and this thing of the year, the, the person of the year. What's interesting to look for, who is going to be the designated high-profile victim group? Victim of the year. Right? Of the year. Mm. This past year, the highest-profile victim group, I think, was, was transgender. Mm. Got the most attention and uh, got the most uh, sort of intimidation be- behind it. Uh, before that, it was the LGPQXYZ over MR squared to the third power, whatever that is, group. So these things come and go, but who's going to be next? I can't imagine. Uh, who's going to be the designated high-profile special victims group? Maybe we could get in on it, figure out something. Got to get an ism in there somewhere. You got to right? get an ism. I'm, I'm left-handed, and nobody has really stuck up for us. The anti-leftism, le- well, left-handedism. Yeah, because but the, the thing is that nobody's really ever picked on left-handed people. <laughs> <laughs> They're much in demand, you know, yeah, in baseball right. and things. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's something to think about anyway. <laughs> All right, what else is going on here? The uh, oh, oh, you would remember this maybe. Uh, I know you remember because you lived there. So, so there's a story this morning. Here's where I get this. Uh, it's they're warning officials in Middlesex County in Jersey, of course, are warning people that they may get some unpleasant smells because of something going on with their landfill. Hmm. And I thought of a story from a few years back that there was a landfill in New Jersey 
that was so bad, causing so much trouble. Oh, yeah. People were actually evacuated. Well, that was, yeah, that was, and it, you, that was in my and town. you lived in that area. So Roxbury. What was the story there? I, I've forgotten all the it details. It was called the uh, Fenimore Landfill, uh-huh. and it was the top of this uh, big mountain in, in our town. And it was a landfill that was closed back in the 1970s. It was pretty active. It was closed. Uh, the area was developed around it. Uh, some nice, probably the nicest homes in our town. And then uh, somebody bought the property, reopened it as a landfill. They got approval for it. And then they started trucking all of this uh, garbage in. And a lot of it came in from the Hurricane Sandy damage from the shore, all of the uh, debris from all of the uh, the wrecked homes along the shore were trucked in and dumped at this site. Uh-huh. They closed schools, even. Yeah, it, it got real bad because the air up there was just horrible. I mean, the the smell of uh, rot. It smelled like rotting eggs. It it, it was it was horrible. I mean, people's property values went down. People had to leave, like you said. Uh, it yeah. took about a year and a half. To two years for that really to clear out oh. with the air. Uh, every time the wind blew to the east, the whole town would smell it, and uh, it was it was terrible. So what's what's happening in Middlesex? I don't know the details of yeah. it. It's on our website. There was yeah. a story, but it's I don't know if it's going to be that bad. Let us hope not. Right. But this is not unprecedented in New Jersey. Yeah, but uh, I'll tell you. The people need to stay, and and what got the resolve was the the people of the town were just so angry. They went to the town council. The town council heard all about it. They went to the state, and all I can recommend for the people in Middlesex County, you got to do the same thing. If this is going to be one of those Fenimore landfill things in your town, you really got to step up and you got to organize, and you you can't you you got to keep the foot on the gas pedal until the state and until your town. uh, It's a shame, but it's something we learned from the civil rights movement you don't get it because for years people had been trying to get these uh policies passed yeah. and open up the job market and and the like for minorities who had been riding at the back of the bus or economic bus for years but nobody would pay a whole lot of attention to it and still they started getting up and getting in the the yes. uh, the getting, government's face yes right and it's on it's unfortunate but this is the only way you're going to get attention from your public officials, is to just rise up as a mob and get in their face. Sorry to say that. That's it. When I say mob, I do not mean a violent mob. Right. But certainly, you this they notice. Mm-hmm. This even cracks through their total concentration on their own careers and how do I get elected right. and how do I raise money. Okay, Bob, one, one parting shot, and, right. and almost literally. I was reading this morning on our website. I uh, haven't gotten into the whole story, but the state now has declared a deer emergency. That we we have a tsunami of deers, apparently. Oh, trust me, I I know I've hit a few this season. Uh, that's why farmers are upset. People are hitting him in their cars. So I thought this was kind of appropriate to the season, and uh, we will see where this deer. The the thing with the deer, most of the problems with the deer is when the deer are what they call rutting. They're out looking for for mates. This is the time They're of year looking they to do that. Hook yeah. up, you know, as we said. <laughs> My idea was to forget all of these hugely expensive operations. They're going to catch deer, run deer down, and somehow, uh, I don't know how you do this, but use a contraceptive 
I got to see a picture of that. I'm trying right. to do that to a male deer with antlers on. Yeah, exactly. But hold the, still. The birth control <laughs> trying to get that baby to hold still. It's gonna, Come here, Donner. It's going to be something. <laughs> you little vixen. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I, I thought this might be uh, kind of appropriate both to the season and to mm-hmm. the the what's going to be the deer hunt one form or another. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Hey, look out, Rudolph. <laughs> look out, everybody. They're out to get you. Yeah, thanks a lot. We'll try to do this again next week. Thanks for listening to the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Still cooking, and it's bigger than ever. From NJ1015.com.